You are listening to the Boundless Enigma Podcast with Sam Zins and Ryan Mulkentine. On this podcast, we dive into the mind, reality, and existence itself to provide you with boundless ideas and insights. So ChatGPT is the most advanced AI chat system in the world that's been released to the public. Really? And it's completely free. And actually, let me share my screen with you and, and just show you a little bit about like what entire screen. Yeah, share. Okay, so this is what it looks like. Can you see? Uh, in one moment. Yes, now I can see. So this is actually amazing. Like the things that it can do, it's going to like replace jobs. Like really? it's freaking amazing like for example um what what i'm gonna say um write me a recipe for um chocolate and habanero cookies oh wait what happened (laughs) oops okay well basically though is it can like do anything you ask pretty much like how about this i'll just say like write me html code for a basic uh search website and it thinks for a second and then here we go here's but here's an example of basic html code for a search website and then continues to like spit out html that you can copy and paste into your website and into like a page and it'll like it works like it it like dead on works and you can ask it like could you please make it more colorful using the shade blue and then like it'll adjust the code to like make it like more specific wow that's, that's impressive it's going to like replace like coders. It's going to replace um, like certain like writing jobs. Like I've been using it for like blog ideas. Like I have a blog and I, I like will ask it like, can you help me write an outline for a blog post on spiritual awakening? And then it gives you like a really high quality outline. Wow. That's, that's just crazy, man. Like that's now wild. look, now it's given me more code that like makes it more colorful wow that that's crazy that is really wild man that that is just crazy what people have discovered and how ai has progressed over uh, just our lifespan you know yeah it's insane i wonder if we could uh like ask it some deep existential questions today and see (laughs) what cool what kind of cool answers it has for us you know yeah, man, that'd be that'd be interesting and see how how like realistic it is, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's really cool, man. I, I I clicked on that link and it said it's at capacity right now. Damn, could you try, could you refresh it at all? Uh, let's see. Yeah, it's it still says it's at uh, it says high traffic at the moment. Damn. So, but that's mm. cool nonetheless. I'll definitely have to check that out sometime. And ask it a few questions. Well, yeah. Do you have any questions you want to ask it? 
Uh, what is life? <laughs> what is life? Okay, I'm going to share my screen again, actually. Just so, like everyone who's watching can view this, too. All right. What is life? <laughs> this little coding thing can figure out what life is, man. <laughs> I think our job's done. <laughs> Life is a characteristic of organisms that distinguishes them from non-living things and includes various biological processes such as growth, reproduction, and response to stimuli. Well, that's lame. <laughs> we should look up what is, what, how about what is reality? Yes, that's, that's a good one. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm like peeking at you too. I'm like switching between. Oh, okay, okay, I see. Okay. Reality refers to the state of things as they exist, independently of our perception or interpretation of them. It encompasses, it encompasses all aspects of the physical world and our experiences and includes everything that exists, including objects, events, and phenomena. The concept of reality is subjective and can vary between individuals based on their perceptions, beliefs, and experiences. Some theories suggest that reality is a product of our mind or consciousness, while others argue that reality exists objectively, independently of our perception of it. Hmm. Hmm. I, I, I like that, what, what it said at first about how reality is, is just what everything is as it exists, because I think that's something that is hard to grasp onto at times, you know, and kind of, yeah. kind of see through the see through the noise in your mind to see reality as it is. True. But is there like a true reality that like we can perceive or will it, or is reality always just what we perceive? That's a good point. Cause like, if like it does this stuff, it really exists. If it's not being perceived, it's like if the tree falls in the forest and there's no one around to hear it, like, it doesn't make a sound kind of thing, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I don't know. Like if there was, I don't know. Maybe it, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, that's the, that's the hard question there. <laughs> yeah. That's just, I, I don't, I don't know either, man. Cause now that I, now that I think about it, what I just said a, a moment ago about how it's hard to see through that noise to reality, that noise is part of reality. So you know, or, or like yeah. our, like our, my, like in that case, my specific reality. Right. It's like that noise is something, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. It's, it's our, my mind running and doing things, you know? And True. I guess I was more so referring to, uh, physical reality rather than metaphysical. Okay. Interesting. I'm just trying to think of like other, like, potentially weird strange questions to ask it like um what um um how about, how about other... wait 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 how how many possible orgasms <laughs> can you have in a day i remember there was this uh, uh blog from like big like 10 years ago or something like that that some dude on valentine's day orgasmed like 71 times and then died oh my god <laughs> i don't know how true it was but i i remember hearing about that wow 
That's crazy. <laughs> oh, this is lame. It says there's no specific number. Try and give me a number. <laughs> we want numbers. <laughs> Let's see. It's not possible to give a specific number of the as the frequency of orgasms vary greatly. Oh. Um, oh, that's stupid. <laughs> that's BS. I want to know. <laughs> oh wait, I'm gonna type in. Can you orgasm more than seventy-one times in a day? <laughs> well, this guy found out no. <laughs> Ugh, this bot. <laughs> it is highly Can't unlikely. Ugh, whatever. <laughs> lame. Yeah, lame. That, that's pretty cool, though, how it has, like, intelligent responses, you know? And, like, it recognizes what yeah. you're saying. And it's like, I'm being honest here. Like, I don't have an answer for this. <laughs> Yeah. You know what people are like using it for? Like students are using it to like write essays for them because it makes like unique and complicated essays. Damn. That's, that's like, it doesn't just like plagiarize. It doesn't just like scan the internet and then like copy and paste like stuff from articles. Like it like, like makes original content. Right. I'd assume it like randomizes like an accumulation of data that it has and just makes it into one and the yeah. amount of possibilities for that essay are like endless. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's how I would guess it would maybe happen. But I, I don't. I'm not very good with um, coding or technology or whatnot. So, but I think it's amazing. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. So, AI. I was, what's up? I was just saying AI. Like AI is crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it is. And um, you know, something I was. I was I forget what it was. I was listening listening to a video the other day about how um how our, our brains just weren't ready for technology to be the way that it is essentially, and how that's why there's so many, I mean, so many issues nowadays, uh, like mental issues and health issues in general. Yeah, yeah, true. You know, I I know what I noticed the other day. What I was in my my prejudice psychology class. It's a class about like stereotypes and prejudice and stuff. Okay. And I was doing a group assignment and everybody like when, when like we didn't know like what to do, like everybody got so awkward and uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And then like, as soon as they like, didn't know what to do, like they just took up their phone and they look at their phone because they don't know what else to do. Like, yeah, it's like they can't bear it. Yeah, I, I know, man. I, I hear you. That's that stuff is uh, wild to look at. And um, you know, I used to be one of those people that would do that, where I'd feel awkward and I'd instantly pull out my phone. And um, it's not healthy. It's not. It, it basically hides you from seeing what you need to see, and seeing what will help you progress in life. You know, and and getting to know people. On some level, I almost don't blame them though, because mm-hmm. I it's like it comes down to like free will. It's like they have been conditioned in a way mm-hmm. that like, like they grew up in a time where they had phones and 
there on their phone hours a day. And it's just this nice, comfortable thing that makes you feel a little bit better. <laughs> and they don't know what else to do in those situations. You know, whereas like you and I, we maybe like are slightly better about that or like know like, oh, like I can bear the uncomfortable situation a little bit better. But right. I don't know. I I think if they really knew what to do in that situation, like they would not like immediately just like go to their phone and start looking at TikToks in the middle of a group because we don't know what else to do. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't blame them at all either. I mean, like I said, I used to be one of those people. So I, I definitely see where it comes from and see how hard it can be to 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 feel that awkwardness for a minute in order to get past it like it's not easy uh especially nowadays with you know everybody being on their phones uh it i mean it's still hard for me sometimes when i'm in a group of people who all have their phones out and i'm just here like waiting for somebody to look up in order to be able to talk or or try to start yeah. a conversation but it's kind of hard because people are watching tiktoks or on instagram or whatever and like so just distracted by that stuff rather than being interested enough to have a conversation. Yeah. Or it's like, do you know, have you been to a casino? I have. Yeah. You have? Yeah. So I've been to a casino once and like when you walk in, or at least in my experience, when you, when I were, when I first walked into the casino, mm -hmm. it is like, the most stimulating thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. Like I could not help like the, like the flashing lights, like the sound of like money, like chimes and then like people like smiling and like alarms going. Yeah. And then like, you can't help, but like smile. Cause like you, cause all the dopamine is like flowing in your brain from all the simulation. Right. And then they make it so that when you leave, like, when you like, they make the inside very stimulating and the outside like as unstimulating as possible so that you mm -hmm. feel depressed when you leave. Yeah. So that you have the le least amount of dopamine released when you leave and the most when you enter. And I think phones are doing the exact same thing. Dude, they are. And, um, that is funny you bring that up because I have firsthand experience with this very recently. Um, uh, like maybe a couple months ago, I turned my phone to black and white and holy crap, man. When, like when I was making our, our uh, logo and working on our banner and whatnot, I turned my phone back to color and whoa, when I turned it back to color, it, I, I felt like I was in like Candyland. Like literally it, really? it was insane, insane. Like the colors are so vibrant and that's something I never, ever noticed before. Never. Like you can notice Dang. that, wow, that's a lot of color, but you wouldn't realize how vibrant they are and how like attractive they are to the, to the eye. Yeah. And ever since I've turned my phone to black and white, I don't want to be on my phone nearly as often. And I don't miss color at all. There's not there. I watch YouTube that's videos awesome. in black and white and everything. I don't miss it. I don't, you don't need that color. Really? I've yeah. tried that like when I was younger and like, I found it difficult. Like I wanted to change it back to color because I like missed it. Like, yeah, I, I felt like there was like, it was like more stimulating when there was color. And I like had a hard time like switching to black and white. And I don't, I don't, I don't do that anymore, but 
I don't know. I, I think there is really an effect there of like, like these companies are doing as much as possible to make it as appealing and stimulating as they can to the human brain to get them as wired on it as possible. Yeah, dude, that that's their goal is to just drag people in. And, and what's scary nowadays is that it's younger and younger people getting a hold of these things. You know, back when, when we were kids, I, I hate to say that because we're like, we're still really young, but, but back yeah. when we were like yeah. little kids, you know, we, we might've had like a little video game system or something like that, but we wouldn't have had like an iPod or a phone until we were, I don't know, like eighth grade at, at, at room, maybe seventh grade, maybe something yeah. like sixth grade, but you know, nowadays it's, it's, you see these little kids walking around with, with phones and it's like, dude, yep. you don't, you don't need a phone when yeah. you're like six years old. Yep. See like, like little, like five, six year olds in like kindergarten with their like iPhone 13. You're like, yeah. uh, you realize <laughs> that you are literally making your child an addict. Like you are programming your kid's mind to be addicted to this for the rest of their life because they're in the most pliable stages of their life right now. And you're making uh, them addicted. I, I, I hate it, man. I really hate it. I hate to see a little kid on a phone. It's so bad. But it's so bad. Maybe maybe this is like in a way like it's inevitable and it's gonna and as like ai gets like more developed and there's more technology and like technology is more available to everybody maybe mm -hmm. it's gonna be like a necessity to like train kids earlier to like know how to use technologies like maybe because like think about in 30 years how much more technologically advanced we're going to be if we're already at AI mm -hmm. that can write you essays without a teacher yeah. realizing that it wasn't written by a robot. Yeah. Like maybe there is, I don't know, but also I wouldn't, I would not want my kid like being on a phone for a while. Yeah. Oh, me neither. That's something you know? that I definitely, if I become a parent one day, that's something I definitely am going to monitor. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely, man. And and that, that is the truth. It's it's eventually going to get to a point where there's going to be so much technology to where a phone will be far less stimulating, I'm sure, than something else. Who knows? Um, but yeah, no, but you're right. We're programming our brains to develop kind of like our brains weren't necessarily programmed to to see these different colors and, you know, be talking face to face like this through a website you know, yeah. we weren't programmed True. for this stuff, but we're adjusting to it and adapting. And that's something that's going to never change. Ad adapting has always yeah. been a thing and forever will be a thing. So you're right. Yeah. It'd be, like, <laughs> it would be strange to like, imagine if you were like alive in the 1500s and then like you came across somebody and their face was like blurry and you're like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> Whereas like, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that would be like, like if they ever, if they saw someone on a screen, they'd be like, what this person looks like deranged or something yeah, i don't like, know what, whoa what <laughs> like why am i on there like, what is that oh yeah like what is that me yeah yeah, whoa. Or something. yeah man that, that's just that's so crazy to think about how just that like that wasn't even that long ago you know i mean shoot true it wasn't like and humans i mean go the ahead human brain has been like the same for like 500 years ago versus a brain now is the same. It's just like the knowledge that we have available to us has changed, but like the human being itself hasn't really changed. So like, I don't know if, if you took, let's say you time traveled back in time, you stole a baby from the 1500s and brought it back and raised it as your own in this time. Like it would be a normal human being in function society. Like it belonged here. 
You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. So like not much has changed like with the species, but like the technology and knowledge that we now have is like greatly exceeding anything that was, I think like natural for us to even experience as an animal. Yeah, man. And and I think something that dis- distinguishes our, our like generation compared to other generations is that, that big leap, like, like you were saying, like, like, we were not expected to be able to experience the stuff that we're experiencing this soon almost because there's been True. such a major drastic technological leap and that's just something that our brains are we're not you know made to to withhold because you know besides technology being technology and being stimulating we weren't expected to be on social media being able to be in touch with millions of people like billions of people who I don't know how many people are on social media, but you know, we weren't expected for that kind of judgment and, and, and everything that comes along with that. Yeah. And now like, we're like, have you, do you know like the word like voyeur, like a voyeur? I feel like I've heard it, but I don't, I can't recall what it is. It's like V O Y E U R. It it means like, it's like someone who's like watching Mm-hmm. who's like kind of like stalking some yeah. some someone kind of like in real life like a voyeur is someone who like cuts a hole in the woman's bathroom so they can like look at the girls inside or something like it, it's like it's it's like a sketchy and kind of illegal word yeah we are becoming voyeurs on everybody in society now by putting all of our stuff out there and mm-hmm. now everyone can voyeur on us and we have no idea. Maybe there's somebody stalking me who is in love with me and I will never meet them or know that they exist. Yeah, no, that's 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 a good that's that a good point. Be crazy. And that's something that when you're on social media and technology that you almost have to accept because if you don't accept it, then you know, you're just gonna be in this anxious state all the time thinking about somebody looking in on you or whatnot, you know? You kinda have to accept yeah. that that could happen. You know, obviously if if it starts to happen, you're going to try to do something about it, but who knows if it's happening. I don't know. I think it's also like maybe why people feel like more anxious and self-conscious now because they, they feel like they have like the world's eyes on them all the time. Like, yeah, like there are hundreds of people who are just like watching their actions and like, and then that translates into real life where like now you're in class and you're like worried about what everyone's looking at. And you're like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe I feel like it's kind of unhealthy in a way and unnatural for human beings, but yeah. maybe this is a natural process for the next evolution where we upload our consciousness to the cloud and somehow can be infinite beings or something. Like, I don't know. Maybe this is yeah. just a step, a necessary evil in the present moment to allow for the next evolution of reality. Yeah, no, you're completely right. It's it's a process. Um, and who knows where it's taking us, but it's definitely some sort of process that is in full effect and it's gonna take us somewhere that we don't know yet. Um, but just backtracking a little bit to what you were saying about how we feel like everybody's looking on us. I was I was learning about that in social psychology the other day. It's called spotlight effect, where we feel like all this pressure from everybody, like when we speak or when we enter a room or whatnot. And I definitely think that social media has contributed to making us feel that spotlight spotlight effect much stronger. Um, when in reality, 
everybody's just doing their own thing, trying to figure their own things out. And yeah, sometimes people will be looking at you, but they're not looking at you the way that you think that they're looking at you. Yeah. It's like, if anything, it's like a glance. And then mm-hmm. they, it's like you're, you pop up in their consciousness for like three seconds and then they scroll mm-hmm. to the next photo and then they never think of you again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even like the most embarrassing thing you've ever done. Let's say somebody does remember it. Let's say that. Okay. <laughs> they remember it. That's about it. You know, they might yeah, tell it to somebody. Right. They might tell it to a lot of people. Okay. If those people don't want to yeah. talk to you or think you're weird or don't want to associate with you because of it, then, you know, I don't know. Do you really want to associate they, with them? They, they don't have like a good uh, brain or like mental process. Like if they're, if they're the kind of people that do that, then they're not like developed brains. You know what I mean? Like, like they're, they're like yeah. not people you want to hang around essentially is what I'm saying. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. that judgmental, like extremely harsh judgmental type of mind is just clouded by the spotlight effect, really, you know, because they're, they're yeah. judging other people so hard because they feel judged so hard in a sense. Yeah. yeah. And, and everybody, if everyone has a spotlight effect on themselves and you're like just focusing on like who's looking at me, like everyone's looking at me and everyone's thinking that no one is actually looking at anyone. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like people, people are just waiting to have a conversation or waiting for somebody to make some sort of move or whatever, you know, that that's really what's going on. I think internally in these like groups where people don't want to talk and are hiding on their phone, like everybody's waiting for something to happen. And instead of being proactive and trying to make something happen themselves, and that's something I think I've noticed in my life that I've improved on is when I'm in groups like that, I'm not scared to ask questions to people and I'm not scared to kind of draw people in off of their phone. And I notice it's 100% possible for a single person to change the whole dynamic of a group in, in the sense of getting yes. a conversation started. I've noticed that like personally by being the person who's done that. And by being in a group where like I've been feeling shy and not knowing what to say and somebody else like makes the group laugh and suddenly like everyone is like joking with, because it's just because this one person feels comfortable, like making a stupid, like ridiculous joke that makes no sense. Now it like, everyone feels like more relaxed and like, I don't know what it is, but it's like one person really can change the vibe like intensely. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I feel like it's almost knowing that that one person who isn't scared, isn't scared, you know, like just knowing that they're not scared kind of makes you gain that feeling of like, Oh, I don't need to be scared either. Like they're not scared. Why should I be? Yeah. It's contagious. That's a good point. So it it definitely uh, improves. Because you know, it makes you feel silly. Yeah. Like seeing someone else, like not seeing someone else get out of their head and like, and you feel like self-conscious, you're like, and you see that and you're like, Oh, I actually don't have to be self-conscious. It doesn't really matter. And you're like, Oh, well, why am I being, this is silly. And then I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah. I I, th- I think that we <laughs> all have this thing in us that wants to be consistent, you know, like we want to consistently be ourselves. And yeah, I think we get clouded by these, the, the like that spotlight effect and just feelings of judgments and all these other things. And we kind of forget that we're allowed to change and we're allowed to be, do things that are maybe not fully expected from people, 
you know? Yeah. And, but I feel like nowadays it feels like that's not okay sometimes when it really is. I've also noticed, I'm honestly like starting this podcast. I've honestly noticed some spotlight effect like here of like yeah. being like, Oh, like I'm nervous for about saying this or that, or how I'm going to sound or if I say like too much. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause all these different like listeners are going to like, think this or think that and judge me it's like okay first of all we only have three people that have ever listened to our podcast (laughs) and two of them are us (laughs) (laughs) and it's like why why it makes you feel silly again of being like just be yourself on like so unapologetically it doesn't it doesn't matter it doesn't matter yeah, not, it doesn't matter in the slightest. And as a matter of fact, by being your unapologetic self, you become more likable, I think. And true, yeah, and like, it's true. It's like, sometimes not. Sometimes but it's not. also like hard to like jump the gap. It's like it being like, oh, like, like I know, like logically I know that if I am like outgoing in myself and just saying whatever I want, people are going to like that. But another part of me is like, just do it already. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, it's kind of like, ah, like still and, worried. And that, that's that change that I was talking about that we almost feel like is too scary for any number of reasons. But if we do, if we are able to make that change, it can really just start to compound on itself and to improve our life, you know, cause I feel like that's something sure. I've done with meditation and whatnot. I'm not, I don't feel weird about meditating anymore. I used to feel weird and self-conscious. Like I didn't want anybody to come in the room and see me meditating, or I didn't want people to know that I was meditating these other, other things. But now I'm like, why, why am I so worried about somebody knowing that I meditate? You know, if they know I meditate and think I'm weird for it, then so be it. Yeah. Then that just means that they'll never experience the benefits of meditation. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least it'll take some time to get there. Yeah. Yeah that they have that mental block and that you, and maybe you could even have compassion for them and say like, ah, oh, like what makes this person so judgmental? Like, like yeah. what, what has happened to that, this person, like what environment were they raised in that makes them this judgmental? Like, they, like they must have like a really shit psychology and they probably are suffering. Yeah. Yeah, man. And that, that self-compassion that we were talking about last week is brought up here again. And I think that, it just kind of goes to show how important it really is and having that self-compassion can really help you have compassion for others as well. And it's, it's just, this like, it's just 360. It's a revolving door. It just constantly works. It constantly helps and it never stops. Yeah. True. It's that like, what is that about like self-compassion when you're like, when you give yourself, when you like, just look at yourself in the mirror and just say like, I freaking love you. And I love like the ugly eyebrows that you have. And I, I, I love the uh, bad breath you have this morning. Like wh- all of you, no matter what, like that is a hard thing to do. First of all, is to like, is. like there is like some sort of mental block that you have to like push through to be able to do that. But when you do it and you just like let go of like your ego and you're just like, whatever, like I'm just going to love myself no matter what. And you just like Mm -hmm. give yourself that love for like a minute. Oh, like it just feels good. And like the relief. And then 
you just carry that out into the world and then every and then you're you're now more likely to like love people despite their flaws as well yeah absolutely that it's so hard to do at times because you can feel the amount of pressure from all the external stresses that you have going on in your life and kind of forget that you still have yourself and that you're still alive and you don't have to be so focused on every single stressor at all times and you know it's important to maybe address them at some point but you don't have to be worrying about them non-stop you're allowed to feel compassion for yourself and and be okay with who you are and what you're doing right this second you know and like you said all the ugly things that come along with it and all the happy things yeah so i mean because whether you like it or not like they exist they're happening this yeah. is like the present moment it's reality so you can either resist it or you can accept it mhm mm and i yeah and accepting it definitely goes a long ways in terms of happiness and yeah and, and discovery too, not only happiness, but well, I think discovery leads to that happiness really. I mean, acceptance, I feel like always feels better than resistance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even yeah, in, let's say like, even if like you're resisting something like evil in the world or something like you're being persecuted, it's like you can still push back and fight. But at the same time, if you can accept your situation that you are being persecuted. Like if you can accept the fact that you are resisting in of itself, like there, they could, there, even in the resistance, like you can still have acceptance. Yeah. Do you know that's, that's a good point. Cause it's not, it's, it's not like it's illegal to, you know, feel stress, but also accept it at the same time, you know, but it's like, like, um, like you get a letter that says you're being audited by the IRS. And you're like, ah, fuck. Like you can like start to like stress out about that. Or you can just be like, okay, I'm being audited by the IRS. This is going to be a pain in the butt. But uh, you know what? I'm going to just like, I can either have this happen and deal with it and be stressed or have it happen and deal with it and not worry about it until I need to and then be happier. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something simple that, as that. It, it, yeah, it, it is. It, it really is that simple. And it can be so hard to find that uh, that reassurance almost, or not reassurance, but but just that place that you just were mentioning. Um, but I think meditation and just mindfulness in general definitely can help you be at that place more often than not. Um, and for quite a while, I think I did find that place. That's true. Although I do see the I do see like a trap in that sometimes of like if you're trying to like force yourself to like meditate or something or like it be like in the process of trying to like get acceptance like you start resisting you know like let's say you're like oh like i'm feeling bad like i'm just gonna meditate and like i'm gonna do this like i need to like i need to meditate today to feel good and then it's like suddenly suddenly in an instant you've switched from acceptance to resistance by like judging yourself and like pushing instead of like sometimes like i i know that meditation is good for me mm -hmm. however sometimes it's good to skip meditation sometimes that's better for me yeah i i, I relate to that 100 percent. i mean i'll go on stints where i won't meditate at all um and i'll feel great and then eventually it'll come to the point where i'll be like you know what i want to meditate and that's when i start meditating and i'll get on a kick and it'll be great 
And um, so, yeah, I think it's just all about finding the right balance for each individual person and what you like to do and listening to yourself. And I think that's where that mindfulness comes in. It, if you compare meditation and mindfulness together, I think that you can discover so much because you can kind of start to realize that, okay, even when I'm not meditating, I'm allowed to be uh, thinking, like recognizing what's happening with myself, but I don't have to be in this meditation type of mindset. How often do you meditate? Um, actually I, oh, for a while I have not been meditating and I think it's definitely taken a toll on me. Um, but I, today I actually meditated for the first time in quite a while. Um, and nice. man, I feel so much better since I, I did. Really? That's oh, so good. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, what ha- I- like, what do you find it does for you? Um, it, it kind of helps, it, it helps me, uh, not lose that resistance that we were just talking about, but helps me be, like accept that resistance and kind of kind of like what you were just saying about the like accepting that you're being audited by the IRS but not being not 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 entrenching yourself in that feeling of stress kind of it kind of helps me put things at bay and realize things are going to be okay I'm going to figure things out things don't things aren't always going to be the way that they are right this second and, yeah. but also I can be okay with how things are right the second, even if they are, or do happen to always be that way. Just like it allows you to like slow down for a second. And then mm-hmm. in the slowing down, you're present and accepting like whatever it is that's coming into your psyche, into your mind, into your life, or whatever. So it's like the slowing down, you relax a little bit through the meditation, take a break from everything going on but at the same time the mindfulness of just like observing whatever is popping up and going on like that's a good that's a good duo you know yeah yeah and because you realize that there's a lot more to life and and that almost sounds like that would be stressful because oh my goodness like i'm already stressed i don't need to see that there's more to life but it's, it's, it's not in that way. It's, it's, it's in the way of like, there's more that I didn't realize was there. And what I didn't realize was there is a good thing. True. Yeah. Like, um, mindfulness, like allows you to catch things about your day that you just like, like wouldn't usually, Mm -hmm. if you weren't having a mindful moment, like the, I don't know. Sometimes I'll, I'll just catch myself be like, okay, right now I'm just going to be present as I'm walking down this block, this sidewalk. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, ah, like the trees. I never, I never would have seen that this tree is a different species of that tree and it looks beautiful or something. Like, I don't know. It just versus if you just rush into class, rush into the grocery store, you're going to miss that differentiating tree. Right. And, and, you know, and I think that's where goals come in, you know, cause it's like, you have this goal to rush, like you got to get to class in 10 minutes. Like that's the goal. The goal isn't to just enjoy your walk to class. Like, like you were saying you were having or walking back home or whatnot, like when you're not in a rush and that's what, yeah. Me- meditation and mindfulness helps you find. Um, like yeah. today when I finished meditating, I open my eyes and normally after I'm done meditating, I like to sit there for an extra minute with my eyes open and just like appreciate everything that I'm seeing because it kind of helps me 
kind of wean off that meditation and, and integrate it into my, the rest of my day. Um, and today I was looking, I was sitting on a couch next to this door that, uh, in the outside, this door is the, is the woods. And I caught myself instantly look and I was like looking at the trees. I was looking at the grass and everything. And then I caught myself like, wait, hold on. I'm ignoring the fact that there's this whole door right here. <laughs> like I'm ignoring that. I'm trying to like look through this glass with the screen door with yeah the different bars yeah. in it, everything. Like the things that like the most obvious things in front of you, you're like, Oh, like, no, I'm trying to see the landscape. And you're like, Oh wait, well, why is the landscape more beautiful than this crafted door? Like this door was made yeah. from, this tree once that was a beautiful tree and this door was manufactured by someone human hands crafted this door and put the doorknob in place. It's like, well, this door is just as beautiful as the landscape, but I'm trying to like, like get into the present moment. And so then you start like put again, it's the trap of like entering resistance through like trying to get to acceptance. It's like you're forcing the acceptance, Mm -hmm. but you should be, like the mindfulness allows you to like just take in whatever it is and, and allow whatever pops up to be there. I'm going to hold yeah. on to my water real quick. Go for it. Yeah. And that, that, uh, what I was just talking about, about that, about the door, what you said is 100% right. And, um, does help to not look past things and you can see the beauty in these things and kind of realize that it's part of reality and it got here for whatever reason. So why not try to look into that reason and not ignore it for being what it is, you know, accepting what it is and appreciating what it is. And I think that's something that, you know, going back to the topic of social media and all the vibrant colors and whatnot on our phones and technology. I think that really sidetracks us from that curiosity aspect of what we all innately have, but we have to, now we have to like search really hard to find rather than it just being there. True. Like suddenly it's like, it's like, reality has become the door and social media is the landscape that like everybody is trying, like Mm -hmm. the phone is now the landscape that you're trying to like, that's the relief. It feels good to like get that quick relief from your phone of whatever minor uncomfortability of the environment is around you. So you get this, you're looking for the landscape and the the landscape is your phone, Mm -hmm. but then you have to realize, Oh wait, even though this door in front of me is kind of annoying or like, this environment that I'm in is kind of uncomfortable and awkward right now. If I were to stop and allow it to exist for a second and to hold it in my awareness, you can start to see the beauty in it. But like, it's kind of sad that our environment is just like our everyday reality is becoming the door. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I I couldn't have said it better. That was, that was really good. And thank you. (laughs) That, 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 it really limits our curiosity, you know, it like, it stops us from being capable or not capable, but in the present, it stops us from being in the present moment and, and, and kind of being curious about what this is, who this is, what they do, 
where they're from. Like you could ask a million questions about a person. And nowadays I feel like we struggle to come up with a question to get a conversation even started. And it, it kind of, it, it's a result of this lack of curiosity and not being, and mm. not being interested enough, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like you, if you start to realize that everybody else has a spotlight effect on them, you can almost like, direct your spotlight onto them and like be like okay if they are already finished like let me ask questions so that maybe the spotlight feels less malevolent and now yeah. it feels like it's an inquiring spotlight and it's like i don't know like maybe that can take some pressure off of you at the same time by asking a question it can make them feel a little bit better as well so you guys are both benefiting and feeling like in general better just by one of you asking uh, a random question or something yeah, man. I, I, I have a great example that goes along with what you just said there. Um, I was at a bar like two weeks ago and I, it, it just was a, an awkward kind of setup with where me and this group of people were. And I, I, I like, I had a couple close friends there and then I had a few people who I, like, I knew who they were, but I wasn't close with them or anything. So I, I haven't really talked to them that much. Um, but nonetheless, I was sitting down and there were a couple people like standing behind me. And it, it just wasn't a good social setup, like for conversations um, and loud music and everything, you know how that goes. And um, anyways, I was feeling awkward. I was, uh, I could tell that the people behind me were just not really enjoying themselves. And I could, I was also not exactly enjoying myself at that moment either, because I was like, oh, like this is all crammed and just doesn't feel good. And so anyways, I decided to, to turn around in my seat and, and talk to these guys. And, um, next thing you know, we were just hitting it off and we were having a great conversation and, um, talking all about different things. Like one of the guys was, uh, works on power lines and I was learning all about power lines and, and how their crew works and how they have to deal with their boss. And he comes like every four weeks and basically they don't have to do their job exactly how he wants them to do it. And until he comes there every four weeks. So, you know, you just learn these like little things about people's lives that can sometimes be kind of funny like that and, or just interesting in general about power lines or whatever it may be. But yeah. in order to get there, you actually have to approach them and talk to them and ask them a question. Cause they're not yeah. always going to ask you questions. True. Just like one, just one question could completely like could be, could be the key to like unlocking this person's like now his, this one question about, Oh, like, what do you do for work now? All of a sudden this guy is talking about power lines and you learn about how power lines work and that this job exists. Oh shoot. I forgot that yeah. power lines exist and that I need power to charge my phone. Just one little question has just unlocked this new world just by just like that. And it could be a stupid question. It doesn't have to be even like interesting, just like something, something to get it going. It will like evolve itself. Yeah, man. And, and I think such an easy, easy, easy question that you can ask anybody and it will never fail is, Hey, how are you doing? What's up? Like, that's what I asked him, you know, cause like, I didn't know what, what else to ask him because I was yeah. so in my head at that moment, but I always have that question ready and it just unlocks the door. He's like, man, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I'm, I'm just, yeah. uh, working on power lines these days. What? And then boom, there you go. There's your entry point and everything evolves from there. It's almost like you're not asking how he is. It's, it's, it's like, it's not that you're like asking, I think what that is, 
is like a verbal invitation to open up. Yeah. It's just like, it's just a way to like communicate with somebody that you are open to receive whatever they have to give you like in that moment. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly whatever comes out, comes out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and also to add on to that is that people enjoy talking about themselves. So that, 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 like you said, that verbal confirmation gives him the feeling like, okay, I can, I I know a lot about myself. I can talk about myself and then I'll probably, after I talk about myself, maybe I'll, I want to learn about him too, you know? And it's, it's just this like back and forth. And then you kind of, then it kind of like becomes integrated into this flow of a conversation where you don't even start to think about the next question. It's just the next question's already there, you know? And you might even have extra questions that you don't even get to. And that's people talking about themselves and they, they start, they start to almost like become grateful that somebody's listening to them and like yeah. is just open to them. So then, like now, they feel like they it's like a conversational debt that they have to repay. Like they're thankful for the conversational loan that you've given them. You've given them some love and attention, mm-hmm. and now they are indebted to you, and they want to give back this love and attention to you. And now. Like you've just unlocked kindness from this person. You yeah, know? absolutely. And that moment of kindness might not even transfer over to the rest of your life in terms of a relationship with that person or anything of that, uh, of that sort. But like, that's not what you're always, you, you should always be looking for. You know, it, it doesn't matter. You know, I might never see this guy ever again, or maybe I'll see him at a bar a few months from now and then we'll be able to reconnect and say like, what's up, you know, and maybe we won't even be friends after that either. But you know what, we had a good experience with each other. So now we know that, you know, if I ever see him, I'm able to talk to him. And if I never see him again, you know, that's so be it. We, we went our separate ways. True. And then also just doing that kind of makes you realize you can do it more often than you think you can. You don't have to only do it in weird situations. You can do it in just any situation that you want. Yeah. Like anywhere that people are like in the grocery store, you're looking at grapes. There's this person next to you. They're looking at grapes. You just go like, what kind of grapes are you getting? <laughs> then, That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. And then bam, they're like, oh, you know, I was thinking about getting some pineapple with my grapes, but I don't know. I was thinking the cherries would be good too. And then like (laughs) this barrier that like everybody has in the grocery store where they're like scared to interact with people has just vanished by asking what kind of grapes are you buying? Yeah. And I laughed at that question, you know, and I, I'm not at the question, but I just laughed because it's such a random question, you know, but it's a, it's like super valid question. It's a very low pressure question. It's like, you're yeah. just kind of like, Hey, I, I don't, I'm not self-conscious to ask this really random question. And then that <laughs> gives them, it's like what we were talking about earlier. It gives them permission to then not be self-conscious and shy too. Yeah. And and I think it's so interesting because you can break anybody out of their own box and you, and you out of your own box, no matter how shy you think that you or they are anybody. If you ask them a question, questions are the key to to unlocking a, a human. Yeah. True. 
How else crazy. are you going to figure things about them? Like you gotta, you gotta ask questions. How else yeah. are you going to know? Yeah. You know, I, there was somebody I was talking to recently who, um, who was in a situation where they said that they, you know, walked into a room and they, like everybody was on their phones and they didn't feel comfortable to, enough to talk and they had a really bad time. It just wasn't enjoyable. And, um, Anyways, this person themselves <laughs> happens to be that type of person who is on their phone a lot and, and doesn't really con- like start converse and conversations and conversate. And, um, you know, that this, I guess, is more so a, a judgment, but it, it kind of was a realization to me about how people who are on their phones in that position think that way about others, too. They think like, oh, like nobody wants to have conversations, but it's like, yeah, they're they're waiting on others to to come to them mm-hmm. for conversations instead of them putting their effort out and showing that yeah. they want to have conversations. Yeah. Or like people who may that I think that that sounds a lot like when people are like sometimes are mean to you or are like short or curt. Maybe they're not actually a mean person, but they're just so self-conscious and like afraid of being rejected in a social interaction that they would rather like, like that's their safety net is like being kind of short and mean with people because they're so afraid of if they are like themselves and they Mm -hmm. say something uh, and then you immediately judge them. Like that's what they're afraid of. They're afraid of that rejection and like judgment. And so like, then they'll be mean. It's like the same thing with this phone thing. Like everyone is afraid of how they're going to be perceived. Uh, so they're on their phone and they're just like thinking everyone, everyone else is like mean or like antisocial because they're on their phone. But it's like, no, everyone is just kind of insecure. It's like everyone has this like kind of base level of insecurity and like desire for connection, but scare, scaredness of rejection, I suppose. Yeah, and and everybody portrays that or like uh what's it called? Uh yeah, I guess portrays that differently. You know, like like you said some people will say or or will be short with you or maybe even be mean and then some people will just be shy and not say anything or some people will cover it up with, you know, happiness and like try to be outgoing a little bit or you know, any number of things can be that that case. Yeah. But asking questions to people I think can unlock anybody of any sort no matter how they are it's all about how you approach them and i think i find something that in situations where maybe somebody is short and angry and snippy and might get mad at you asking them if you're if you can ask them a question being like hey do you mind if i ask you a quick question like that that can really give them like this peace inside all of a sudden and kind of lower their defense almost like okay this guy's asking me if he can ask me a question he's not just coming at me asking me a question yeah especially for like particularly shy or insecure people like that could be a really nice thing like that's that's (laughs) way more you're way more likely to like open up and like start talking to like somebody that asked that question, if you're shy, then somebody mm-hmm. comes up and just like, Hey, like in your face, ask you a question. You're like, uh, <laughs> yeah. You, you yeah. Like you're in the headlights. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's when that anger or shyness or, or just pure awkwardness can, can come out of somebody. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think asking the question, Hey, do you mind if I ask you a quick question kind of gives them the chance to, to say, no, I don't really want to, 
talk right now or but most i i think 99 percent of the time people are going to say yeah what what's up you know yeah or at least that's what i found out um true it, it's it's the social social psychology of of all of our minds that we just have to try to balance and figure out between each and every person because everybody acts differently so i'm not yawning because you're boring i'm i just I'm yawning. I don't know why. <laughs> no, that's fine. I didn't take it that way. Um, uh, dang. Interesting stuff. I have, um, I'm working on my blog a lot recently. Okay. I don't know if you knew, if you knew I had a blog, but I do. Yeah. Yeah. How's that going? It's called nurtureyourspirit.org for anybody who's possibly listening to this podcast. Check it <laughs> Link out. <in> description. <laughs> Yes, link in description, my blog about spirituality, meditation, mindfulness, and how to live a more peaceful and loving life. That's what my blog is about. And I'm working on a sweet new article, which I guess you'll have to go check it out if you want to know what it is. Um, but I feel like lately I've been stressed out about my future and what I'm going to do for a career in about a year when I graduate. Um, I don't know. How, how are you feeling about, I mean, I was hoping that eventually in like a few years, like I could get my, my blog, like super popular with a lot of blog posts, really quality content. Maybe I can get some ad ads on there, make some money from that, but that is not going to happen for many, many years. And I'm kind of stressing out about what am I going to do and how am I going to become like financially free in the coming I don't know, a few years. Like, I don't know what the heck I'm going to do with my, my life. Like, what are you thinking? Are you going to do like long-term, like career-wise? Man, that's, that's such a hard question. Um, cause I, I feel very similar to you. Um, I, I feel like I'm maybe a little less stressed about it because, um, I don't know. I, I'm very much so like not saying you aren't, but in, in that sense, I'm, I'm very much so go with the flow and things are going to fi figure themselves out or not necessarily that, but I, I know that I have the capability of figuring something out. Um, so I'm not super stressed about that, but I definitely have other stressors going on. And, um, you know, I, I think just I'm at, at a point right now where I just am trying to slow myself down and take time to, to acknowledge how I feel and not ignore different things going on in my life and just, Ultimately, just slow down. That's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. You're just kind of like, kind of like trusting reality to like steer you in the right direction. In yeah, a way. I, I think most importantly, I'm trusting myself. And that's something I think for a little while that I wasn't doing. And, um, but now I'm, I think I'm getting on a better track of trusting myself and having yeah. the confidence to, to pull through. We talked about that before, like on a previous podcast, and I don't, I don't think we ever like went into it about like what that really means or like looks like, like, what is that? Like, what do you like, what do you mean by like trusting yourself? How does it help? Like what, if, if someone's listening to this and is like, I don't know, I feel stressed. I don't know what to do with my life. How can they trust themselves more? That's a, that's a really good question. Um, I, th I think it just involves 
accepting reality more and not only accepting it, but accepting that things are going to pan out either, you know, good, bad, indifferent. It could pan out any way, you know, anything could, nothing is guaranteed. I mean, life isn't guaranteed. Like I could have a heart attack right this second and die. Anything could happen. So I think just, and it sounds funny, but it's the truth, you know, and I think mm -hmm. just accepting life for how it is and accepting that things are going to go bad, things are going to go well and, and everything in between. And just knowing that you will be okay and you will be able to figure it out if you really want to figure it out. You just have to want it, you know, I mean, and that sounds easy and I'm not saying, but I'm not saying it's easy because it's not. Um, I, I guess you just kind of have to find a little something in you that, um, I don't know, just wants like, you to be alive. Like believing that like you're capable to handle whatever challenges arise, whenever they arise. Mm -hmm. And so like not worrying about like the challenges up ahead, because you know that like, because you trust your, I'm, I'm like giving my like synopsis of what I think you're saying. And you tell me if I'm like right or wrong. Absolutely. But, like, if you, if you trust yourself to, you, you think that you're like a capable, smart human being and that you were born with the innate capabilities to live a life and live a good life. And so when the challenges do come up and arise that you're, you, you're trusting in yourself, your future self to handle the situation that is going to happen whenever that happens. So that right now you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, exactly. And that, that, that's, that's pretty much exactly what I'm saying. And, uh, and ex like kind of, a a situation that I think about that kind of helps me have confidence is <clears throat> the situation of what if the entire universe just all of a sudden exploded or disappeared or whatever, and I'm the only one alive, what am I going to do? Am I going to be freaking out? Like, just like going crazy and not being able to find food or shelter or just, just find somebody or something or try to figure something out. What am I going to do? Am I going to freak out or am I going to be confident and chill and try to figure something out? Yeah. Whether it be, it could be anything. Like, can you find peace and beauty in the midst of a zombie apocalypse on the yeah. news? Yes. A new outbreak, everybody's getting infected, everyone's turning into zombies, and you have no one left that, that loves you and you're alone in this zombie-ridden world. I bet that it's possible to love living in the zombie apocalypse. Exactly. It's all about finding the good and the bad. And I think that's like the, the technical term would be like optimism is just finding that good where there's bad. And I think that's something that kind of gives me that confidence to keep going and keep growing. And um, like you said, whether it be a zombie apocalypse or whatever else it may be, I think that a you pandemic. can live a good life. Yeah, a pandemic. And if you, if you want to live a good life, you can live a good life. You just have to be ready for obstacles along the way and, yeah. and, and assess them. Shoot. That reminds me of like a book I read in high school. Um, it was like, oh crap. Oh, man's search for meaning. Did you ever read that? I don't think so. What's it about? It's, it was, it's like a, a autobiography of like 
a Jew who survived the concentration camps and how like, like the biggest takeaway from it was that like, he says that like the, the most important thing to like, remember about your life is that like, you have the power to choose your own way, no matter what situation you're in, you have the power to choose to enjoy it or not, no matter how, no matter what situation you're in, like there is possibility to like see the beauty in it. And he was saying that like, you could see the people in the concentration camps who like gave up and you can see the people that like kept going and like enjoyed the one cup of soup they got a day and like relished it and just like kept going and survived versus the people that just gave up and had the mindset of like, this is it. I I don't like this. This is, I mean, granted they are like being exterminated, <laughs> but still like it's, it's incredible. Like somebody could enjoy living in a concentration camp like that. That is like, the, the human mind allows for that to happen, allows for you to feel good while your feet are blistering and you're starving to death. Yeah, man, that, and that's obviously an extreme example, but that is such, it, it's such a good example of, of finding the good and the bad and how much of a difference it can really make in, in the outcome, really. You know, it's, 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 it's noticing that he's on this process of attempting to make it out of, of these concentration camps or, or just trying to escape out of Germany. And he could either choose to freak out and just be pissed off the entire time and, you know, say, this isn't fair. Like people are living freely out there and like, I didn't do anything to anybody. Or you could accept the fact that, you know what, that's not going to change tonight. So why don't I try to enjoy this bowl of soup and, and realize that, okay, you know what, it might not be fair. But yeah. I, I'm in this situation, so I might as well, yeah. I might as well, I might as well try to deal with it. I might be shot in the head tomorrow, so I might as well enjoy this potato soup. Yeah, yep, exactly. And it's a I choice. mean, easy for us to say not being in a concentration right. camp. <laughs> right, right, absolutely. But still, someone but said it's, it. It's someone said that. Someone who experienced it said that they were able to. So that's pretty right. crazy. Yeah, and makes it seem a little stupid uh, for like to get upset over like I don't know something ridiculous like <laughs> stepping in a puddle of water and now your shoes wet and that just ruins your day. It's like uh, actually somebody in a concentration camp was happy with a bowl of soup. <laughs> right, exactly, man. And it, I think that when you realize the concentration camp situation, it kind of translates over to your life and you kind of see those situations where you feel like you're obviously not in a concentration camp, but feel that turmoil or that, that pain in a sense and that anger and just resentment and whatever it may be. And you can, you can convert it into a good thing or not, maybe not even a good thing, but you can not let it pester you and just get on your nerves all day. Instead of, you know, dealing with that wet shoe, you could, you know, take it all, take that shoe and sock off and walk barefoot uh, all day, you know, and that, that, you know, that's that people are going to judge you for that, you know, and people are going to maybe look at you, but if you're, but if that makes you happy, if that brings you joy to feel the earth on your feet, then yeah. it's like, 
screw it. Who cares? Yeah. At the end of the day, you might as well enjoy it because it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't, if you can just strip away the bullshit, you can just enjoy the moment for what it is. Just strip yeah. away the crap and just let it go as best as you can to just mm-hmm. enjoy what's here. Yeah. And it, it might not be ideal. I, I mean, a lot of the time it's not ideal. I think, True. I think that we all have these expectations for life and want it to be certain ways. We want to be that millionaire who lives in a mansion and has five Lamborghinis, but that's not going to happen, you know, and maybe it will happen. Maybe you, maybe you will come across that kind of money, but I think it's better to assume that that won't happen and, and just work on your life for how it is right now. And maybe you will end up there, but maybe you won't. And why not be happy with either, 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 you know? True. I don't know. Um, I think that, that's a good, that's a good wrap up point. I feel Agreed. like. Agreed. You think so? Yeah. I think, I think we, I think we covered a lot today. Yeah. Leave people on a, on like a inspirational note, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So we can do it. Anyway. <laughs> um, I do have a blog, nurtureyourspirit.org, uh, all about nurturing your spirit, how to live a more happy, peaceful and loving life. Check that out if you want. I also have a YouTube channel uh, with some guided meditations, um, with some cool YouTube videos on just random stuff that I find interesting. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Malky underscore way if you so please. Sam, do you have anything like you want to shout out? I don't have social media, but <laughs> I would like to shout out our Clips channel and, and our oh, YouTube yeah. channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, we have Boundless a- Enigma. Yes. And- and Boundless Enigma Clips. Is that right? Yes. Yep. Okay. On YouTube. Follow us. Subscribe. Like. Amazing. Leave a comment. Like. <laughs> comment. Comment the craziest thing you find. Subscribe. <laughs> hey, it's your boy. Make sure you hit the like button. And <laughs> have a fantastic day. Peace. <laughs>